Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. We're going to get into a few things. Um, we're going to ch- ch- sort of chat about new version of Apple CarPlay that they're developing, uh, the uh, Volkswagen Tiguan that I'm driving, and... Uh, Ooh, a change in the interface control of the of the Lexus uh, that we were looking forward to, maybe getting rid of that trackpad, and a bunch more, and some WWE stuff. And uh, uh, before we get started, here's a word from our friends at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com. Why spend 30 to 50%, even 100% more for the same parts that a chain store or dealership might have? Why spend so much there? Why not go to Rock Auto? Auto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Everything from engine control modules to brakes to motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered direct to your door. Go to rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or your truck. Write CarCast in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. An amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, here with Bill Goldberg. Oh, a little bit of schedule change. Good morning. That noise will wake you up. You know, in like five, did. In five years from now, that's going to be like the electric motor for something. It's just going to sound like an electric leaf blower. Uh, it's just going to yeah, gonna be a buzz. When everything goes to, 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 to the electric stuff. Um, good to see you. Getting... Uh, and... Getting ready, uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, right? You're gonna have to. God, yeah, a week from today, I leave. Can't wait. Ooh, awesome. Yeah, 16 hour flight. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. a, that's a, I'm to look forward to. That's a big flight. That'll be exciting. Can't wait to see that. Well, I'll just give you guys a little heads up. Bill's gonna be out next week. So, uh, our buddy Alistair Weaver's gonna be in. And uh, we're going to catch up with uh, with him, see how he's doing. He's all excited. He's got a new microphone, some new gear at home. He says he sounds amazing. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was really happy about it. <laughs> uh, whatever you told him, Chris, I think he went and did it. And, yeah, uh, he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He's uh He's he's down uh, he's down with that. Uh, before we get started, let me tell you about our friends over at Geico. Whether you own your home or rent your home, you know it can be a lot of work. And uh, but you know what's easy? It's bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy, and we know that's a good thing too because you already have so much to do around your home already. So just go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. All right, so I've been uh, I've been driving this Volkswagen Tiguan. It's the kind of small SUV. Um, I, I, I might be wrong about this, but I think it's about the size of an Audi Q5 simple family. I don't think it's the Q3. I think it's the Q5, but uh, I could be, could be wrong. It feels like it's the, the Q5. I just 
didn't dig into it, but um, I've been driving a few of the Volkswagens recently. We've talked about it here and there on the you know the ID four, which is the electric one, and which was interesting. I, I, I liked it. It was just that was one. I was like, why does it have to feel like an iPhone? And why does it have a white steering wheel? I mean, not all of them do, but just kind of the gimmicky things that, like, when the Chevy Volt came out, the, the white plastic and the, you know, it just felt like an old iPod classic. It's catering to a specific generation of kids. That's yeah, yeah, and you know, we're getting more. Old. We're getting more electric cars, and they're kind of going back to something conventional the mustang mach e has like you know it has turn signals and it has gauges and it has you know like it's got some things that are pretty conventional like volume knob you don't have to not everything's on the touch screen uh you know so well, we're, we're to see we're seeing, different, we're seeing different manufacturers with different uh, uh ideas about what the future holds not necessarily what the future holds but <clears throat> do you slowly um, get somebody ready for an electric vehicle, or do you just slam it right in their face with something 100% completely different? So it is kind of strange seeing how different manufacturers are, are catering to it. Well, you know, we talked about some of the the ergonomics of these things as well. Like well, one of the things I was going to bring up uh, in, in my notes was we talked about um, the the ergonomics of the electric vehicles, but we also talked about the ergonomics of some of the conventional vehicles, namely the Lexus. Like we, because I, I was driving the Lexus, and it has that little trackpad that controls the cursor up on the screen, and some of the newer models have the trackpad, but also a touchscreen if you can reach it, if the if the shape of the dash allows it. But not all the Lexus have that. And I was just like, I don't know. It's just kind of a deal killer for me. It's such a weird interface that I can't get behind it. Uh, I drove it, uh, you know, again for like a week. And the LC500, that car, that that beautiful two-door coupe uh, and, and the convertible, I really like that car. It sounds great. V8, it's gorgeous. It's just that trackpad makes me just kind of, ah, I just don't know. Well, Sounds like BMW all over again. Yeah, right? With their iDrive. So Lexus is now saying the Lexus NX, which is the new version of their small SUV. It's one of the newest vehicles that they have. Does not have that goddamn trackpad. And they're like, we're doing away with it. We've got a whole new interface. Uh, it's got a touchscreen. And and by the way, we've got climate control buttons on the dash again. You know, actual tactile buttons. We have a volume knob for the for the radio. So if you want to actually use a volume knob. Like finally, after it seems like years and years of, of customers and the media going, I really love to have a volume knob back up here, not a slider or a weird tap button or, or you know, so they're kind of getting into it, which hopefully that uh, I'd say trickle down, but trickles up through because the NX is kind of an entry level vehicle trickles up through the Lexus lineup. And uh, I, I don't know, I think it will do well for them. Of course, the first time they launch this, there's going to be a couple little flaws here and there, but I I don't know. I just read the article about it. I looked at the interface. I was like, hey, maybe they're listening to people. And that made me happy. <laughs> it's like maybe they're actually listening a little bit. So uh, anyway, so the, the Volkswagen. We've driven a few of the Volkswagens. I drove the big uh, SUV and now this is the small SUV and the ID4 and a couple of the cars. And um, 
you know, I've had some kind of mixed thoughts on it. Uh, the Tiguan, I like. They sent one over. It's a dark blue. It's beautiful. Uh, it's uh, the interior's nice. The infotainment system, it's 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 there. It works. It's good. Like you know, it's got a real volume knob and it's got the touch controls or anything. Just the one thing I can't get over with several of the Volkswagens that I've driven now is the engine. At first, I thought it was like you know, just like a a quirky CVT transmission and I, I it's not it's it's the it's the engine maybe it's just underpowered or something or some turbo lag but here's the thing driving around this town driving around a busy heavy traffic LA my driving style is for lack of a better term go for it Go for it. That's the best way I can fly. It. You're right. So here's the thing. It's like you're trying to make a left turn. You've got to, you know, you're in the left turning lane. Obviously, there's traffic coming toward you. You find that gap and you go, right? You don't want to hold up the line. You don't want to be the guy that's sitting there the whole time. You know, so you kind of go for it. Not in a dangerous way, but you're just you're just scooting along. You know, you, you want to make sure you're not the traffic jam doing it. So there was- He who hasn't lost yeah right so what i find is the volkswagen doesn't get going very quickly and i'm not (laughs) i'm not talking about like a zero to 60 because 60 is fast i'm talking like zero to 30 zero to 25 it just feels like you hit the gas and nothing happens until it has to, I guess, spool up with a little, I don't know, two-liter turbo or something. And, I, you know, maybe I'm, maybe this is kind of our age, but remember the little kind of gimmicky toy. It's a little airplane, and the propeller is attached to a rubber band. And you, you, you know, like you use your finger and you spin the propeller to, to put tension on the rubber band – Right, you're sitting here, you're doing it, and then when you let go, it unwinds, and then the, that rubber band, you know, the little you throw the airplane in, and it takes off. It feels like every time I'm at a stoplight and I want to get going, I feel like I hit the gas, and it feels like that little rubber band has to wind up to create some tension, and then it goes, and then it starts to go. BMW is going to be extremely ecstatic that you <laughs> use the analogy of a rubber band. Of a rubber band. Up. It, it it feels like it has to sort of build up that that energy before it starts to move. And I was thinking about it on the way here. Uh, you know, now now it's it's not a deal killer. Um, it's fine. It's just you just have to kind of adapt your driving style. If you drive like me, then it's annoying. If you don't, then it's probably fine. But aside from that, everything else seemed seem fine on 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 the Tiguan. It's just <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's just kind of my my thought. Like as I'm sitting here driving these cars, I'm thinking what it is that I like or don't like or what's what's happening in it. And sometimes it's goofy little things. Look, I the the Audi and the Bentley, you know, again, same same parent companies. Excuse me, same family. Same thing, you know, out here with traffic as you're making that that left turn. 
there's traffic coming toward you, but you find the gap. You make a calculated decision. You know you're going to make it. There's plenty of room. And again, you've got people behind you, and there's not a lot of left turn arrows out here, so you kind of have to make it. Otherwise, people behind you are going to be honking, going, hey, you could make it. You could go. Except in the stupid Audi and the Bentley, which is so crazy to say because I really like those cars, right? I'm such a fan of Audi. But when the Audi sees or the Bentley sees a car coming at you in that lane, it jams on the brakes because it thinks that you're going to get hit. And what happens is, is you make enough left-hand turn to get into the intersection and then it jams the brakes and then you're like, now I'm going to fucking die because someone's coming at me, you know, and that's way scarier than VW's lack of power. <laughs> you Can know? you turn it off? I, I, for the life of me, I cannot seem to find a way to turn it off. Uh, a friend of mine had a uh, Bentley Bentayga, the SUV and tried to turn it off and couldn't find it, went to the dealer and they're like, oh, it's deep within the settings. He's like, good, find it, turn it off. And they <laughs> couldn't turn it off. Uh, so a true story, he got so frustrated with this thing. Again, it's a driving habit. So it's, it's a way we, we drive, some of us drive. And he's like, forget it, traded it in and straight up got a Rolls Royce. <laughs> traded wow. it in the Bentley for a Rolls Royce literally for that reason. It was just like, I can't do it. It's like, it's just a frustrating thing. Um, anyway, it's these little quirks that uh, sometimes they're fine and we can adapt around them. Sometimes they are maddening and we cannot adapt around them. Uh, anyway, that was just some thoughts I had on – uh, on the Volkswagen Tig one. Aside from that, it's pretty. It's nice. You know, seems to work well. Cute. Yeah, it is. Uh, Dodge Durango. The 2022 Dodge Durango is out. They've got some new features in it. Uh, usually more technology, some upgrades, things like that. Um, they've reduced the amount of colors, I think, as they start to phase out this vehicle. I think there was 11 different colors, probably like seven different shades of gray. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they got it down to like four. It's just like black, white, red, blue, gray, or whatever. It's just like <laughs> uh, they've, they've kind of narrowed it down. Uh, we're done with the Hellcat engine um, for sure. And the uh, so the SRT Durango is, uh, is pretty much done, which, look, um, I mean – the Hellcat version of it is done. Like uh, all of the end of last year or the, or the beginning of this year, we kept saying, hey, get the Durango Hellcat because they're only making a certain amount. Uh, yep. we, we weren't lying about that. I know it was no, an we advertisement, but uh, that's that's what it is. So now if you want one, you can see if you can find one on a lot. Otherwise, they're all accounted for. You're going to have to buy it used. You're going to have to wait for bring a trailer to, to put one up there. But I don't know, 2024, we've got two more years with the current dog uh, Durango. So if you want uh, if you want the current Durango, now you can get a 392 engine. You can get the big V8, and you can always modify it and hot rod it and do whatever you want, which is one of the things we liked about Durango, right? Durango and uh, the Jeep Grand Cherokee, right? Especially the V8, the, you know, the Trackhawk. Uh, people would say, why would I get a $90,000 Jeep Grand Cherokee when you can get, uh, you know— Porsche Cayenne Turbo used or, or something like that. And I said, well, uh, for me, it was like, do you want to modify it? <laughs> you know, if you wanted to modify it, if you wanted to make a thousand horsepower track hawk, then you could do it. And the drivetrain holds up. I think 
Uh, you know, I think Mario at Gearheads was basically saying, yeah, you do half shafts on it. and and But aside from that, it, it's pretty beefy. He's making some big power with those things. Yep. Uh, I'm sure you guys are going to have your your Goldberg's Garage power packages for the Trackhawk, all of the Hellcats, right? Yes, sir. Uh, anyway, so if you guys want to dodge Durango, this is it's it's out for basically two more years. You can still get that 392 if you want that. It's cool. It's big. It's fast. Uh, I'm trying to find out what uh, what were the uh, what were the colors? Uh, black, gray, red, and white. <laughs> those those are the new colors. Black, gray, red, and white. They got fancy names, but you can go in there and dig them up. But that's pretty much that's pretty much what they are. Uh, and speaking of the new Jeep Grand Cherokee, have you seen it yet? This this redesign. They're trying to go up yes, market. Um, it's actually yes. it's actually very nice looking. Uh, it looks it looks good. The interior looks good. Uh, I don't know exactly what uh, all of the engine options are going to be, but as far as as the pricing, the entry level Grand uh, Cherokee Laredo is going to be thirty seven thousand three hundred ninety bucks, so sub forty thousand. Uh, the it's a good price point. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be a good p- price point. Um, from there, the Altitude is the new model. It's a it's just about 42000 It gets you uh, a nicer leather, heated front seats, remote vehicle start, uh, a few things like that. You can get the Limited. It gets up to about $43,700, uh, which, by the way, is about a $2,500 increase of the previous generation Limited. So um, there is a little bit uh, of a price bump there. The Trailhawk which is their off-road version. It gets you the uh, uh, it's the skid plates, the tow hooks, and the quadrilift air suspension, and the limited slip rear differential. That starts at about $50,000. The Overland version is $53,000. Uh, the Summit is 57000 And then their flagship vehicle, the Summit Reserve, is 63000 and change. Of course, no mention of an SRT at all, no mention of a track hawk at all. Uh, it's very likely that if we get those at one point, an SRT or a track hawk, it won't be a V8, but possibly some sort of hybrid version that's getting its boost, if you will, from electric motors. Right? Uh, I think we. I wouldn't doubt. Yeah, I think that was the plan. I think that's what Dodge was saying with with their with their muscle cars, right? Keeping that theme alive. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't get a chance to talk to Tim Kaniskas, a boss over there, but I, I he had a uh, an interview or a quote or something, basically saying we we don't feel like we want to abandon this this muscle theme. We just want to be able to do it in a different way. Uh, so it could be very interesting to see a smaller engine uh, combined with uh, with electric motors, um, but in a performance-oriented way, right? Can we get something uh, that uh, is is going to work? Which should be interesting because all of these muscle cars are front-engine 
You know, um, I think the I think the statement that it should be interesting is a mild understatement. I am very curious to see what they've got up their sleeve. Yeah, because you know it's not going to be normal. It's not. It's not going to be normal. Are they going to be all wheel drive? Are uh, Are they going to be? Is it going to have sort of a more conventional drivetrain, front engine, rear wheel drive, with some sort of electric motor to boost off of the transmission? Right. I think Ferrari yep. had done that with the La Ferrari. Right. I think that's how they do it. Excuse me. Um, so I don't know. Just kind of a thought there. Well, listen, if they're going to do it for something like a Jeep Grand Cherokee, it has to be all-wheel drive. Mm -hmm. And if they can develop a high-power, durable, hybrid all-wheel drive system for the Jeeps, then it stands to reason that they would probably want to bring that into the vehicles, right? Into into the Charger, possibly the Challenger. And do a high horsepower because traction is where it's going to be. <laughs> As a guy who drives a thousand horsepower Challenger and Charger, a thousand plus traction is is the big thing. But I'm down with like imagine, I don't know, sort of a little bit what you have now, uh, a wide body Charger, but all wheel drive with electrification. Uh, in a hybrid scenario, wouldn't be probably wouldn't be all electric, but it would be interesting to see if they can do that. Then it would hook up, certainly much. Sign me up. Yeah, right. Uh, I spoke to I spoke to the guys at at Honda and Acura when I was at the Grand Prix of Long Beach. Um, I was chatting with a few of the Acura guys and I was like, hey, you know, now that your NSX has been out for a while, one of the questions we've asked ourselves here on the show a few times is how do you modify a, a new NSX, right? It's got the gas engine in the back and then it's got electric motors on the front. And if you modify the gas engine, how does it compensate to to pair up with the electric motors, right? Mm -hmm. And they said, you know how we did it, and because they are doing it. They said that when you program the ECU for the engine, it does program the entire drivetrain, the entire vehicle, basically. So it does compensate with the electric motors. So if you... If you do a tune of some sort, like if you do a few modifications, let's say you do an exhaust and you do uh, an E85 tune or, or if you can, or a 93 octane tune or, you know, you do a cold air intake, maybe you tweak the turbos a little bit and you, you turn up the boost or, or you know, or something along the lines that if it, I don't even know if it has the turbo <laughs> six in it. But uh, they said when you modify the vehicle and then tune the ECU as you would with with a lot of cars. The electric drivetrain portion of it does uh, modify itself. It it tweaks itself to compensate. That's kind of interesting to me. That's kind of well, yeah. that's kind of badass. So uh, that's kind of the thought of the future is is hey you know you know especially the American muscle guys as we start to get into this the the Jeeps the Dodge the Fords the Chevys. 
uh, of 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 the world. If you're going to start to come out with hybrid sports cars, muscle cars, supercars, uh, high performance variants of these vehicles, you know we're going to modify them, right? <laughs> like you've been to the SEMA show. You all have booths at the SEMA show. You know what's going on and it's not just putting running boards on stuff and pop-up tents yeah. like – uh, like not everything could be an overlander. <laughs> uh, there is a, you know, you've all been to, to central hall, you know, what's going on in there. <laughs> uh, we're going to be modifying this kind of stuff. And so I would say, uh, manufacturers, um, help us embrace the modifications. Don't fight us on the modifications. Uh, it's, no, because it, you'll lose money. That's what I was saying. So far, it seems pretty profitable for them. Right. Uh, so anyway, that's just so kind you, of the thought. So you brought it up. Any, uh, Latest news on or uh, rumblings on SEMA? Uh, it's still it's still happening. It's still a go. Um, uh, quite a few companies have have dropped out, but there's still plenty of companies that are going. Um, I'm I'm going to be out there. Uh, still, as of now, we're not doing any podcasting out there. Uh, I I don't know, Chris, if you're going to get any time to go out to SEMA. Remains to, to be seen. Remains to be <laughs> yeah. seen. I mean, I'd love to go out for a, a day and see we what you can grab. Go. I, yeah. I'm going. I'm going to live there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we're, we're set up with passes and everything already. So the thought is, is if we can go out there and and at least try to run around and meet with some of our friends and grab a handful of interviews over over a day or two. Uh, I mean, it, you know, I, I know the thing would be to, you know, meet with six or seven companies and ask every one of them about what do you think of SEMA this year? We might just come back with our own verdict of that, but I, I kind of want to hit them up like what's going on with new parts? What's the state of the industry? How are you guys doing? Uh, because as we understand it, the companies we've s- spoken to have had very, very good years. Uh, sales are up. People that were home were working on their cars. Uh, but that being said, I'm as curious as you are, Bill. What's what's it going to physically look like when we get there? Um, how many companies are showing up? How many people are showing up? You know, uh, I. But it's happening. There's there's still no indication that it would be canceled, and there's uh, still no um, vaccination uh, mandate yet. There's just a mask mandate. Uh, but I don't know. We've all got we've all got jabbed at this point, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, uh, so it should be it should be interesting. I, I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, my shift and steer guys. I think Brad and Aaron are going to be out there for a little bit. Um, I'm not sure that they're going to be out for for the whole week. Um, you know, we're also kind of thinking uh, it's it's an opportunity for us to uh, to to do a few things while we're there, you know, just uh, a little bit more of a, the social aspect of it because some uh, seem as though we so busy in such a madhouse and it's such a, a rush yeah. to plan the meetings. And, you know, oh, we got to meet these guys. We can grab a f- 10 minute interview between nine it's and nine, 10. Actually take a breath. Yeah. Just to kind of figure out what's going on with these guys and how they're doing with the companies and what do they want to see going on. And, uh, you know where do they see things happening with electrification and and how do they want to uh, embrace that? Uh, so I kind of want to go back and uh, and you know I'm still down. I want to go. I want to talk to everybody and see what their thoughts are on it. But that's it. Nothing's changed. Yeah, 
nothing okay. changed for there. No news is good news on that front. Yeah, that's that's it. As we're getting getting closer to it, uh, let's talk about Apple CarPlay. So Apple CarPlay is grown to be one of the Android Auto as well, but CarPlay it seems to be the one getting a little bit more attention. One of the standout features in vehicles. If you don't have CarPlay, uh, it's kind of uh, it's kind of a, Goofy that at this point you you've got to have some sort of phone integration to it. Uh, one of the flaws with CarPlay, not in all vehicles, like your your TRX, when you plug in your phone and you use CarPlay, the screen is so massive you get this split screen. You get CarPlay like on the top or the bottom, and your climate controls and radio controls, and you can do both at the same time. But a mm-hmm. lot of vehicles that have a smaller screen. Uh, you have to kind of toggle between the two. You can go through the vehicle's infotainment system or you can use CarPlay. Uh, and the frustrating part is uh, for the cars, as we were talking about, the future of cars having uh, climate controls and things like that in the interface, in the screen, in the touchscreen. Now you have to leave CarPlay. You have to adjust your air conditioning. A lot of new cars have some basic seat controls but then a lot of the seat features, lumbars and massage and all that stuff are on the touchscreen. So you have to, again, leave CarPlay, go back into the infotainment system, adjust it, and then go back to CarPlay. If you're listening to podcasts, if you're listening to the CarCast in your car, which is probably what you're doing, <laughs> cross our fingers. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Apple is saying, hey – we are developing a version of CarPlay. It's something that they're working on right now. Uh, it's codenamed Ironheart. The Ironheart version of CarPlay, uh, they want to be able to integrate more into the vehicle and have CarPlay control things like climate control and some seat uh, adjustments, um, uh you know, get inside in in outdoor um, temperature readings, uh, adjustments for the sound system, your equalizer, your tone, your you know forward, back, your fader, balancer, things like that, all within CarPlay, which is a pretty good idea. Again, it's I I don't know why car companies wouldn't embrace it. It's just another option for them. You can say, hey, I'm going to plug in my phone. I'm going to control all of these things. If I don't want to plug in my phone, all of these things are built into the car anyway. So what what's the harm here? I, I think car companies are starting to figure out this is a benefit. It's an upsell. It's not a hindrance. And that's why every car is basically starting to support CarPlay and Android Auto. And it's worth them taking the time to really think about the decision that they make because it's going to either put money in their pocket or take it out of their pocket. I believe it, you know, when we're seeing it firsthand. Yeah. Your buddy, your buddy who just uh, traded his, his vehicle in for the rolls, right? <laughs> yeah. He did. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the, the aftermarket has already been doing some of this stuff. Uh, there's there's a way to to talk to your car. I was just trying to trying to find it real quick, but um, there's a way to to talk to your vehicle and control some of these things already, which is kind of 
iData, iData link connectivity uh, allows for vehicle information, parking assist display, things like that. So if you have a modern day vehicle and you swap yourself in, you know, an Alpine or Pioneer, you know, head unit and uh, you had some digital controls for a climate control and things like that. And of course, a plug into the factory camera for your for rear view camera and stuff. Uh, they've already been doing it right now. All the cars that I messed around with are older, so I can't ever control the climate control in a Ford Lightning or a 93 Mustang because none of it's digital anyway. Uh, so I've added my own cameras and I've got conventional dials, you know, actual dials for my climate control. But for the newer cars that don't have that and you want an aftermarket sound system, they're doing it. So the idea of CarPlay tapping into this technology uh, new for CarPlay, but not really a new thought in general. So no. that's why I think it's very doable, right? Uh, because there seems to be something, something with the the way a device, an external device, would communicate with with uh, with the infotainment system and some of these controls. You know, a CAN bus or something, something like that. So anyway, it's kind of an interesting thought. Uh, I think a good move on on CarPlay. I'm sure others will will follow as well. Things, you know, Android Auto and and whatnot. Um, Tesla just had uh, their like annual shareholders meeting, and a lot of lot of buzz around that. All of the headlines are are. Tesla's moving their headquarters to Texas. A lot more of Tesla's moving to Texas. But you kind of have to dig into what they are saying. Um, now, look, we we know months ago Elon Musk was saying, hey, Tesla's going to move to Texas because California's a pain in the ass. And then whatever politician was out here was like, good riddance, we'll see you. And people were like, eh, are you sure it's a huge <laughs> company? It's a lot of money, you know. California taxes everything. Uh, are you sure that was the right move, Mister Politician or Miss Politician? And uh, whatever, whatever, however that little debacle went down. Um, he's building out uh, facilities in Texas. Uh, anyway, so this. All of the headlines sounded like another dig on California. But the truth is, is what he's saying is, is yes, the headquarters is going to move to Texas. But the facilities that he has in Texas making cars and whatever, those are going to grow and increase capacity. But what he's saying is in the Bay Area, uh, NorCal, saying the cost of living and everything else is so high that employees have to commute from less expensive digs to their facility, and it's just not sustainable. Moving to Texas makes it more affordable, more sustainable. So he's saying – he's not saying we're going to scoop up everything, FU California, we're going to Texas. He's saying we're going to reach a limit to what we can do and the people willing to make these commutes because they want to live in California. So for those people, they can stay – for everybody else that wants to work for Tesla, uh, they are going to hightail it out. Now, of course, he's anticipating, you know, more production, scaling up, things like that. So, uh, just kind of a thought. Like, as much as I 
like to say, ha ha, it's funny, he's moving to Texas. To be fair, the fine print says, yeah, he's still ramping up what's going on in, in, in California. He's just in addition to going to Texas. And I guess he's moving to Texas or Mars. I'm not exactly sure what his plan is. Last I heard Mars. <laughs> We're, yeah, wherever. Yeah. He lives on Mars 24 <laughs> seven. He's, uh, he's definitely, uh, entertaining. That's for sure. He is entertaining. And, um, like for whatever, uh, whatever this genius slash madness is, um, he, uh, he's getting rewarded. That stock, that stock price is, is rewarding him. Um, Meanwhile, his space rival, Elon Musk and uh, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos is preparing his second uh, crew, Blue Origin crew, to go into space. And I think we mentioned it last week. I don't remember. Maybe Adam and I talked about it. But uh, on the crew is William Shatner. So uh, Jeff Bezos is launching (laughs) the rocket man in a rocket. And I think the plan was they go 66 miles up. And uh, and then they float around for ten minutes, and then they come back down. I, I assume that means they get to unbuckle and float around and and you know experience it. I, interesting. If you were presented the opportunity to no. do that, to go to space, would you go? No thanks. Really? Really? I would go. I would yeah, go. you have fun. Let me know how. It- I would go in a heartbeat. I think it would be fantastic. I'm kind of a space geek, but uh, I think that would be fun. Look, Shatner's 90, man. He's he's doing the training right now. Well, he figures if something happens, he's at the end of his rope anyway. Might as well. I mean, listen, I mean, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, listen, hey, Chris and I were talking about Shatner last week. He keeps his horse like a ride around the corner over here at this uh, the facility, and he's always riding his horse and doing stuff. Like the guy's active, right? That's how like a good attitude and an active lifestyle is how that guy will live forever. That's how any of us probably. Oh, hundred percent. You know, like that's that's it's it's his mental state. Like when Adam and I ran into him at like uh, Morton's or something like that, he was just in a big booth holding court with his friends, eating a steak, having a good time. It's just like that's that's why this guy. Is so energetic, and and it's, it's to to think about like that was oh that was four or five years ago we saw him then and then we went to his charity event we sat we had dinner with him at his charity event and uh, and he was running around and and getting up on stage and you know on the mic raising money for the charity and coming back over and eating dinner with us and then running over and taking pictures and shaking hands and and he was I don't know. 86 or 87 when that was a few years ago he is uh he is entertaining as well um and this kind of fits for him i think this fits for him because he's he i I don't know how we were phrasing it before but he's an entertainer he's a performer right some people are musicians some people are actors. Uh, there's a handful of people that do a lot of it, stage and singing and acting. Uh, and, you know, and, and Shatner is just like he's done all of those things. He's just kind of an old school performer, just an entertainer performer. MC events, being film, being TV. He does it all. Stage. Yeah, it's just kind of a, 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 a thing. Uh, so why not take the stage sixty six miles off the planet and uh, and put him on stage there? I thought it was a, I thought it was a, a great idea. 
by Jeff Bezos to to. I think it's brilliant. And I hope that it all goes well, and I hope Shatner has a great time. Uh, and I cannot wait. Listen, they're going to run cameras the whole time. He's going to say something funny and quippy in space. And when he lands and they pop the door open on that pod and they roll up in their Rivian trucks <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> uh, to to get those guys out of there, uh, he's going to say something very Shatner-esque as well. And it's going to be worth it for all of us that are just entertained by the man. You know, so it's just kind of a kind of a thought. Uh but, you know, if you follow up Blue Origin on Instagram, you're going to see some photos. They're doing their training. They got the whole crew out there. It just looks fun to me. It looks exciting to me. I would I would do it. Launch me into space. Uh, <laughs> I'll wave. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I know it's very, very expensive. Maybe by the time I can afford it, it'll, it'll the price will come down. Um, speaking of drinkbravago.com, that's the website. (laughs) (laughs) Help me get to space. This is, this is it. You guys get a nice drink. Hopefully I can go to space. (laughs) (laughs) It's win. It's, it's win, win. Uh, all right. Uh, what's going on? What's, what's going on with you? You've been working on your cars. Doing some projects, yeah. yeah, man. You know, running a little, running into a little bit of an issue with uh, ECM on the uh, on the twin turbo car. Um, Got to get Mario and the guys out here to shake it down on the track. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of lost throttle going about seventy yesterday on the highway. <clears throat> yeah, it was pretty entertaining. So um, just got to shake it down. That's all. Yeah, that's all. It's, Two big water tanks are being delivered as we speak for the garage, so that's moving along. Are, Speaking of powder coaters today, and stuff's rolling. The water tanks don't have to go in the ground, right? Because you've got a, enough land. You, yeah, they're just going to be off in the distance somehow. How close do mm-hmm. they? How close do they need to be to the garage? Well, right now they're about seventy-five yards away. So they're hidden. They'll be hidden under some trees. You could just hide them behind the power lines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the yeah. power pole. Might as, might as well. Yeah. Just put it all right there. Yeah, the just, power just hide them behind the power poles. Uh, okay, so you're bringing in the two big tanks. And uh, yeah, should be should be kind of interesting. And when do they start construction? Because when does weather become a factor again? When does it get cold? <laughs> and <laughs> it's like now. <laughs> Like 24 hours from now. Yeah, it's starting to be an issue. Uh, we got rain, rain coming in the next couple of weeks. And it's just, um, yeah, it, we, we got to get material on site before the weather hits because it's going to be uh, a quagmire if not. Right. Okay. But the foundation being done or mostly done at this point, that's the most difficult to do with weather as we've talked about over the last i don't know how long now uh okay so as that starts to come to be of course your docket's pretty full going to saudi arabia how's the knee Uh, knees much better hopefully it'll be uh i won't be completely healed by then but it'll be uh suffice to say uh, uh in good enough shape to kick bobby's ass Let's just say that. Uh, what do you what do you got to do to that 
knee <laughs> to actually get in a ring. Look, there's a physicality of it that we've always talked about. The physicality is real. Bobby's not a light dude. Bobby no. Lashley's a big dude. So if look, if you just went into a gym or any of us went into a gym and tried to grab a big, you know, sandbag and move it around, uh, <laughs> you know, as your workout, this isn't throwing a medicine ball on the ground or bouncing it off of a wall. This is I don't know. Yeah. That, what is he? 250, 280? Easy. Dude, yeah, two, probably two, 270. Yeah, Ooh. 270. That's, I don't know. That's, it's a, it's a lot of weight. So, <laughs> ah, it'll be a feather. I'll be so pissed off once I grab it. <laughs> Freaking match. It'll be fine. But, but you're, uh, you, you know, it's just, you're going to have to wear a brace tape. or something, right? You're going to have to. A lot of tape, a lot of, lot of bracing. Uh, yeah, and a lot of, lot of just, not giving a shit and forgetting about it and getting in there and giving him what he deserves and then coming home, you know, and working on the garage. That's basically how I'm looking. Yeah. Right on. You touch, you touch my son, you die. It's pretty simple. <laughs> it's, so, it's, I mean, I'm flying over there to kill Bobby last. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, assuming all of that goes well and you don't hurt yourself more, you're, you're going to come back to uh, LA. You're going to do some work out here. You got some shows. Oh Yeah. Let's see. I fly in uh, Chicago. I private from Chicago Friday early afternoon to San Antonio. Fortunately, game Gage's game is right near the airport, so I'm literally going to get off the plane and go to his game. Okay. And then uh, Saturday, you know, just try to catch my breath, and Sunday fly out to L.A. for the Goldbergs. Can't oh, that that soon? I, I didn't know it was going to be that quick of a turn. I thought you, I thought you'd get like a week in between, but no. nope. No, so come out for the Goldbergs. Okay. Well, I see, because I know you do NCIS Los Angeles as well, and I kind of felt like that show because you get to wear November. you get to wear pants and a you know a jacket or something, but the Goldbergs, they're probably gonna put you in your short shorts. <laughs> so my shorty short yeah, and my tube socks. Yes, sir. Yeah, your short shorts and your tube socks. So uh hopefully you could just stand around and yell and not have to run too much. Uh, you know, because I don't know. Exactly. Like, do you get to wear the brace on the Goldbergs? Mm, I don't think so. Oh, sir. No. Uh-uh. No. no. There'll be a lot of acting going on there. It's gonna, yeah, it's really going to be. It's like, why does he keep yelling? He's always yelling. Like, <laughs> yeah, because fucking leg hurts. <laughs> I'm just hanging on by a thread. He's going to have to staple that thing back on. All right. Well, uh, so we won't see you next week. We'll be watching you. uh uh, we'll be watching you on WWE, but uh, good luck. Have a good time. And, uh, uh, you know, yeah, busy busy schedule for sure. So uh, we'll have Alistair in for, for next week. And uh, that's it. So we'll we'll catch up soon. Um, follow us, of course. We're, uh, he's Goldberg and Goldberg Garage on Twitter. Goldberg95, Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. I'm sure you're going to be getting some updates and uh, we'll have to – Check in again uh, when you get back. I want to talk about some of the uh, some of the firing range stuff that you've been doing. And uh, oh yes, it looks like you've been shopping for a new toy, maybe testing out a few things. Uh, uh, all those things that I keep testing out are are mine now. Unfortunately, <laughs> I yeah. test them out by purchasing them. But I did pick up a nice. Uh, oh man, that Desert Eagle I bought last week is just something to revere man it's absolutely like shooting a cannon what was the smaller gun you shot first before you went in that video you posted i think it was a yeah it was like a sig uh 
P238 uh, uh, or something. It, was, it shoots a 38. It's a really small gun. You yeah. would love it. I mean, it's it's very, you know, you saw the size difference. Yeah. I wanted to do the comparison for no other reason than to show the, the projectile. You know, I mean, it's a huge difference between the two. But, um, yeah, man, just having some fun, man. I mean, why not? Yeah, actually, the small gun looked – it looked great. Like a lot of control, really good oh, yeah. grouping on it. Like you were – it looked like fun, uh, but the Desert Eagle, it's, it's, that's the gun. It just seemed like, first of all, a lot more movement, <laughs> a lot more yeah. sound. Like, why? But that's why the one where you shoot it and you take a breath and you go, holy shit. And then you got to shoot it again and take a breath and go, holy shit. The other one you can crank out five, six rounds. You know, so obviously different types. Well, yeah, of- but let's be, let's be honest. If I can group five or six rounds with the 380, it, it it still doesn't compare to one fi- uh, perfectly placed shot with a fifty cal. Yeah, that thing was a monster. I don't. Know. I mean, that, thing, that thing was a monster to see. But anyway, if you guys want to see that, go check out the video up on uh, on uh, Goldberg nine five on his, on his Instagram. It was fun. Uh, before uh, before we head out, we are going to uh, take a uh, let's hear real quick from our friends at Rock Auto rockauto.com why spend 30 to 50 percent even a hundred percent more for the same parts that a chain store or dealership might have why spend so much there why not go to rockauto.com it's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers everything from engine control modules to brakes to motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered direct to your door. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or your truck, write CarCast in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. An amazing selection Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, so uh, CarCast Show is the website. You can follow me at Motorator. I'll uh, get some more photos up of the of the cars we're driving. We got some some trips coming up as well. A little quick trip to Arizona. I got a quick trip to uh, St. Louis. Uh, as I go to St. Louis, by the way, I'm going to meet with our forklift guy. <laughs> so I can get uh, so I can get like a a forklift or a, a walkie stacker is what it's called. So we can move the Bravago product around the warehouse. Call me when you're with. Call me when you're with him. Uh, Goldberg's Garage needs one of those too. Yeah, I'll tell you. We I, I chatted with these guys, and not to get too nerdy about this, but I didn't want a full size forklift because it takes up so much space. So they have this thing called a walkie stacker. It's kind of like a pallet jack. But it has the forklift arms on it, and you can push the thing around. It's powered, you know, so you don't have to. It 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 moves under its own power. Takes up less space. I could pick up a pallet of product. I can lift it up pretty high. They have very very tall versions that you can even ride on, right? So if you are in a narrow aisle of a warehouse but need to go four or five levels high, pallets high. It's it's again not the size of a full full forklift, but uh, it's it's got a base, a heavy base, and it can lift a pallet, and then you can ride on it. It's like a scissor lift, you know, for a person, mm-hmm. but with the forks on the front. 
and then you could control the wheels from up in the air. So you can literally lift yourself up, load a pallet, lift yourself down, and move it around. Have you I, seen the Have you seen the gimmicks that that you move cars with? That's that sounds kind of similar to it. It looks like a a standing riding lawnmower. Yes, right. So you know, over at the shop, Sean moved. Uh, he moved a car off of flatbed with the forklift. He just scooped up a car, moved it, and then I think we we um, the Camel GT car, which you guys have seen. Uh, that uh, that Datsun, it's up on like a like a platform, like a podium that's I don't know three feet tall. And at one point, we built these crazy ramps, and you kind of have to support the ramps to get the car up. That was before we had the forklift, and now to get the car up there, he picks it up, puts it down, drives away. Like <laughs> it's super easy. It's way better. So again, you can't really do that with this walkie stacker. But I was looking for ways to move pallets. Uh. A pallet jack would do it, but I need to lift the pallet high enough to get it like into the back of a truck, mm. right? And and then my thought would be maybe stack a pallet. So, you know, I'd like to go at least, you know, maybe up to about eight feet high. I don't think I need to go that high, but um, just also because the mezzanine I was building and uh, I'm going to get built in uh, in my in my warehouse in the mat cave, the mezzanine is about eight feet is where the platform is going to be. And if I want to be able to lift stuff up there or even store a pallet up there, that was the thought. So I need to lift 2000 pounds and I need to go eight feet high and uh, that would get it. That would get it done. So, yeah. So I was at this trade show that we talked about before uh, this uh, Brewers Association trade show in Vegas met with the guys that, that have this stuff because at the trade show, all sorts of things are there, right? Just different vendors, brands like us, but different vendors. And these guys are like, hey, if you've got a warehouse, you need to move stuff around. We got you. I happen to be taking a trip to St. Louis. They happen to be in St. Louis. So we scheduled a little meeting <laughs> to uh, to see. So by the way, if any of you guys have, have thoughts, work in that industry, uh, we've looked at a couple of brands. I think um, Toyota. Uh, Toyota uh, has an industrial side. Uh, they have forklifts and the walkie stackers and the reacher stacker and things like that. So let me know what brands you guys like. Maybe hit me up on social media and tell me what I should be looking for. And then what are your thoughts on new versus used? Used obviously seems much more affordable. Uh, new has warranties. Um, so uh, I would appreciate this. This is my first time digging into this stuff as we build the business. So I am curious to see what you guys like. And you're right. Uh, I think your garage is going to need uh, some sort of similar, you know, device, right? Whether it be a forklift or or some version of this where you can move stuff around. The question is going to be. If you're going to move something as large as a car, I think that's a completely different animal. If, mm. like, if it's one of Adam's Datsun Roadsters, it's two thousand pounds. But once you start, that's the- yeah. If you need to lift forty five hundred pounds, that's a completely different. That's a beast of a piece of equipment that you need. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, but to, you know, but to move. It, like if you're building your gym up on a mezzanine and an easy way of moving a bunch of that gym equipment up there, you're talking a thousand pounds at a time or something. Yes, this could this might do the trick. You know, so the things would be too, too, it's not tall enough. It'll, we're going to have to use a forklift. I mean, a uh, a crane. A crane. Oh, how how yeah. high up is the mezzanine going to be? Well, the floor is the ceiling of the lower 
So it's at least 10, 12, 12 feet easy. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the, the big um, pallet stacker that I talked about can go like three or four pallets high. So that would be like, that would be a massive warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as as a thought, uh, but also forklift and stuff, yeah, different different things for sure. Uh, one of the other things that I learned was the terrain that you're on. If you're mm-hmm. rolling around a warehouse like I am um, and in your garage like you would be, you can go with a quiet wheel, like a quiet – like a nylon wheel. But mm-hmm. But that wheel isn't as durable when you start getting out into asphalt and unloading trucks and a lot of stuff in the parking lot. Sure, it'll last a little bit to my understanding. But if you're constantly in the parking lot, you need something much tougher. So a thought would be if if you're mostly using this in your garage like I will in my warehouse, then I can go with a quieter, less abrasive wheel on the device. Uh, and if I'm just loading up like the back of a van or the back of a pickup truck, I can literally back that into my warehouse and load mm-hmm. things up. Uh, so on very rare occasions, what I'd have to roll this thing out onto the asphalt and grab product. And even if I did, it wouldn't have to go very far, right? It, it'd go yeah. five feet out, 10 feet out. So that's mm-hmm. one of the other things that I'm starting to learn about. So, uh, Love you guys' input, you guys listening at home. All right, let's go ahead. We'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Have a good trip. Uh, be safe and kick kick some ass. Kick some ass. You got it, man. I'm doing, I'm doing it for my family. <laughs> for your You're like, I don't know if it's worth it. My knee hurts. Well, it's worth it. It's, <laughs> it's worth it. I'm going to um, kill this fucker. I'm gonna, it's worth it. It's worth it. All right, well, have a good time. Uh, until next time, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.